What up, guys? It's JP from The Chase Down, and today will be a solo episode. Unfortunately, my co-host and great friend Ben has been a busy guy. I've been a busy guy. It's hard to get each other in the same Zoom. Um, that's just how it goes when you're students and you're working part-time. Uh, there's just not a lot of time to go around. So I'm going to do a little baby tiny draft episode for you guys. Um, looking forward into the future a bit, uh, we have some intriguing prospects coming up through the college ranks that I want to talk about. Obviously, we're very, very, very early on in the process, and I do want to uh, kind of precursor this episode with that statement because I take the draft very, very seriously. I like to be correct about this stuff, and I know what I'm talking about by the time draft comes around. Um, as you guys saw in our draft coverage last year, I was pretty spot on with just about everything. I missed on Giddy and uh, I missed on Franz Wagner a bit. Those are the two guys that I kind of missed on, but I think everything else I said was pretty, pretty accurate. Um, so as of right now, I'm not paying a ton of attention to the college basketball season. I will explain kind of what my process is getting ready for the draft is I look at the college season from afar, right? I see the big names in the headlines. I see the guys who are getting attention. I slowly start to dive into their tape, their highlights, kind of see what they do well, read some scouting reports about them and watch some games and see if what I've read, seen, matches what I see on the screen with my own eyes. Um, so I've done that with Chet. I've done that with Paolo Banchero, and I've done that with Jabari Smith. Um, as the season progresses, I'll continue doing this with these guys. But when it's coming up to draft season, that's when I really, really put my staple on the draft. Uh, when the finals are over, right, and it's all speculation, we're waiting for the lottery and stuff like that, I just dig up old college games of – uh, prospects I want to watch. Um, I did like, I watched every single USC of Evan Mobley, a minute of every Mo Evan Mobley. I watched a ton of Cade Cunningham. I watched a ton of Jalen Suggs. Um, I watched a lot of Jalen Green or as much as I could with the G League Ignite games. They're kind of tricky to find. Um, and I think that really, really worked out for me. I think I did a really good job kind of pinning what that draft was like. Um, I compared it to the Luca draft. Uh, and it is absolutely looking that way. It's just a loaded, loaded draft. Um, but for this draft, I don't know a whole lot yet. I know the big names, and I don't know the uh, the perimeter guys on the outside of these three guys that I'm going to talk to you about. But I definitely will by the end of the year leading up to the draft because I take this stuff seriously, and I love being right about guys. Uh, that's like my favorite feeling in the world, predicting someone that something someone else couldn't see. And I think I'm pretty good at it. And that's why I take the draft seriously. So let's move into some draft talk. We're going to start with the biggest name in college basketball right now, pretty handedly, Chet Holmgren, seven foot one, 180, soaking wet. Um, drawing comparisons to Evan Mobley, actually. On defense, I definitely see it. On defense, I definitely see it. Uh, his defensive IQ is fantastic. Doesn't really foul a lot, even though he did get in foul trouble against Duke uh, the first half. Uh, great shot blocker, can switch onto the perimeter with fluid hips and quick feet. Um, I think defensively, I see the comparisons to Mobley. However, on the offensive side of the ball, I don't really see it. 
Um, Mobley is an elite passer, an elite, elite passer right there with Draymond uh, out of the short roll um, and Jokic out of the short roll. That's not an exaggeration. Go watch his games. Um, Holmgren's more of a, I'm going to use my dribble to get my own shot. He's more of a self-creator, and that's what Mobley doesn't really have at this point. Um, I still like Mobley as a prospect better than Chet, um, but I think Chet's more unique in the sense his offense is similar to a forward or guard where he's using dribble moves and pull-up shots to get his offense where Mobley's setting screens, diving to the rim, uh, taking short mid-rangers, and occasionally stretching out to three on catch-and-shoot opportunities. So I get the comparisons on the defensive side of the ball. On offense, I don't see it, really. Um, the only thing they do similar is set screens. That's really it. And when you're seven foot, you have to set screens. So, um, But I think it's pretty clear that Chet has to be the number one pick in this draft. Um, I think it would be hypocritical of me to say last year that Evan Mobley should absolutely or will be the absolute best player in the draft because of his defensive prowess. And then when there's a guy who has similar defensive prowess as Mobley in the next year's draft, uh, say the opposite, right? Like say that he shouldn't go number one. I think Chet, because of his defensive IQ and just defensive versatility, he has to go number one because he's no slouch on offense, right? Like he's a good offensive player and he's a unique offensive player, but he's an elite, elite defensive prospect. Um, and that can't be ignored. And a, a point I want to touch on, which I touched on with the Mobley draft is how many guys in the NBA can stay on the court in the last three minutes of a game? How many big guys can, right? You got Rudy Gobert getting toasted. You got, whole bunch of centers that can't keep up with guards and the pick and roll situations and just getting their shit cooked at the end of games. And it leads to losses. It literally leads to losses or they can't close out fast enough on a corner three, right? We've seen that situation so many times with Chet. He's gonna be able to do that. And I think that skill of being able to guard one through five as a seven footer is extremely valuable. It's why I loved Mobley. It's why I'm excited to see more of Chet. Um, but I think Chet, with that defensive versatility, along with just a unique offensive game like I was talking about, where he can be a pick-and-roll runner, like he could initiate the pick-and-roll with the ball in his hands and shoot off pick-and-roll or shoot off the catch or shoot off the bounce um, alongside just like picking up his dribble and going to the hoop. I, I think he's so unique that in this draft, you can't really afford to pass up on him because there is other good prospects. Absolutely. But can you afford to pass up on a guy who seven foot one can pull the ball up for you across half court and then hit a pull up three while also being the best shot blocker and defender in the country? I, I just don't think you can. I don't think you can do it. So that's kind of my reasoning for Chet going number one. He, also, another thing I really like about him is he's just got some attitude to him. He's skinny, so you probably think he's just like getting bullied down there. I think he really, really gives a shit that he doesn't look weak, weak out there. Uh, he tries his ass off, and he definitely competes against bigger guys, and I think he welcomes the contact, actually, which I think is pretty cool as well. Uh, he definitely does not shy away from that type of stuff. Excuse me, let me take a drink there. Usually I've been to uh, kind of cover that up. But 
The next player I want to talk about, the second biggest name in college basketball right now is Paulo Banchero. And Paulo Banchero is a pretty unique guy in himself. Uh, he's six foot 10, 250 pounds, um, just built like a Mack truck, really, quite honestly. Um, but what makes him so intriguing is just the shooting ability. He has a really clean looking jumper. He likes to go in the post, get fadeaways. Um, but his pull-up mid-range is very, very smooth. And even his three-point shooting stroke looks pretty smooth. The, sometimes he misses pretty badly on those shots, but when they go in, he looks super comfortable. Um, he's averaging a ton of points in college right now, just kind of bullying his way through everyone with his size and shooting ability. And kind of, what I see in him is similar to what I saw in Anthony Edwards a few years back, where it's like you see a guy with athleticism and just size – and you wonder if it's he's this good because he's in college playing against guys who will never play basketball again after that. Or is he actually just one of the best athletes or best sized people in the world? Right. At 6'10", 250, with the way he can move, I find it hard to believe that wouldn't translate into the NBA. Right. He's not as quick and not as springy as a guy like Ben Simmons as an athlete. But he's fast, and he's got sudden change of movement. And at 6'10", 250, it's just rare. As a defender, he's okay. I don't ever see him becoming a Ben Simmons-level defender, like a sit-in-the-chair type of guy. But he's competent, and I've actually seen some flashes of like a weak side help rim protector, which I just didn't expect uh, watching his like high school highlights and stuff before he started playing college ball. But he definitely shows a willingness to help protect the weak side of the rim. And uh, he's definitely got the height to do so um, at six foot ten. As a passer, he's like pretty uh, he's pretty good for his size. Uh, I don't know if I'd call him like maybe he's like an above average passer. I think that's how for the opportunities that he has to pass, he makes some pretty good passes. So um I think that covers just about anything. I think what's basically his outlook for his career is just a 20 point per guy, 20 point per game guy for a long, long time. I just think it's hard to stop that type of physicality and speed and quickness and shooting ability. It's just hard to stop. And I, I, I don't know. He, he's pretty unique. He's pretty unique in just the ways he can score. So I think whatever team gets him, is going to have a guy who has a chance to lead your franchise in scoring for multiple, multiple years. And obviously we know scoring is the best currency in the NBA right now. So I think whatever team ends up getting him will be very, very happy. Um, overall though, I think he is the second pick. I do like Chet a little bit more than him just because I think Chet's ceiling is higher. Um, the, no, Again, no slander to Banchero but I, I think I'm just more of a Holmgren guy. Um, Jabari Smith is the next player I want to talk about. He goes to Auburn. He's a six foot 10 kind of wiry guy, but he's got like lean muscle on him. Um, six foot 10 shooter, shooter out the, the lights, really. He, he's got a really nice stroke and looks super comfortable doing so from off the dribble, catch and shoot opportunities. Um, I've done my research on him just in the past few days. And I've loved everything I've seen from him. Um, I think whatever team gets him is also going to be very freaking happy. Um, six foot 10, being able to shoot the way he shoots, 
playing with the energy he plays with. He loves the game of basketball and it shines through the screen when you watch him. Um, and he gives a shit about defense too. And what is every single team in the NBA looking for? Switchable defensive wings who can shoot. It's every NBA GM's dream. Um, they're just super, super rare to find. And it looks like potentially he could be that type of guy in the NBA. Um, to me right now, he's pretty clearly the third best prospect in this draft. Uh, I know there's guys like Jaden Hardy or the kid Duran from Memphis. I don't think really they can hold the candle to him at this point just because of what position he plays, how well he shoots the ball, and just the flashes he's shown on defense. I don't really think he can drop any lower than three. Um, and a connection I made just doing this evaluation of these few guys in the past couple of days is this draft is very similar to the Zion Williamson draft. Uh, when Zion was coming out, it was pretty clear he was the number one option. I think it's pretty clear that Chet's the number one option. There was a clear number two in John Morant. I think Paolo's a pretty clear number two. No one's touching that spot. And then there was kind of a clear number three with RJ Barrett. And I think there's kind of going to be a clear number three with Jabari Smith. And it's also fair to say that there's a pretty big drop off from the top two slots to the three slot. Um, even though I love Jabari Smith, I think it would be foolish to say that he's in the same class as a prospect as Chet Holmgren and Paolo Banchero. But I still think he's going to be an incredible, credible player. Uh, these are obviously my first impressions of these guys. Um, I, they just started the college season, right? I think they're only six or seven games in. So I'm definitely going to see, need to see more tape of all of these guys. But as of right now, these are the three guys I've really been paying attention to. Um, I've heard Jaden Hardy is struggling down in G league, uh, really trying like really, really inefficient, um, which isn't great for his case. I know Duran from Memphis is your traditional center basically being compared to baby Dwight Howard, but in today's NBA, not entirely sure whether that's worth a top five pick. Um, that's definitely a debate to have for another day when I have my man Ben here, but I, I just think this draft's going to be pretty unique. And I think the top three teams in the draft are going to be very lucky and potentially get franchise altering players. Um, and I'm just thinking like some of the really, really bad teams in the league right now like Detroit, right? Detroit is pretty bad again. They're actually the worst team in the league record-wise. Um, Cade's been okay, but they have some young talent around them. If you add a guy like Chet Holmgren onto that team, you get Isaiah Stewart, Beef Stew, Chet Holmgren, Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bay, and Cade Cunningham all out on the floor at once. That's a pretty good team. And then you can do the same thing with Paulo or Jabari Smith for the Pistons, right? Um, with with the Rockets, right? You could potentially give Jalen Green a pick and roll partner in Chet Holmgren or Paolo Benchero, or even Jabari Smith, to be to be quite honest. Um, Orlando, they already have a ton of centers, but if you get a guy like Paolo who can just score for you because they need some more scoring, they need guys who can just get buckets, and he's that type of guy. Um, I, I just think these types of teams should be very excited for this draft, and I think it's worth it to struggle this year because I think the reward is worth just kind of losing games. Um, obviously, I, I hate tanking, but teams like Indiana who are trying to win, but they suck, if they luck out into Chet Holmgren, like that, that alters their franchise's trajectory wildly. Um, 
So it's just definitely something to keep an eye on. Even the New Orleans Pelicans, right? Like you have Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. You get Chet Holmgren on that team. I mean, like, what's that in five years if Zion can stay healthy? What is that? I mean, that could be that could be dangerous for the league. Um, San Antonio, another team. They they have no talent on their team right now. What happens if they get Chet Holmgren? You know, it, it's just super interesting to see where this all plays out. Even Oklahoma City, really, because Josh Kitty looks like a hit. They have Shea Gilgis Alexander, who's basically an all-star talent. He just plays on a horrible team. You add Chet to that team, they they instantly improve and their timeline gets sped up. So it should be a super, super interesting year with the draft. Um, I think really you don't have to do any more research on these three guys. They're, I, In my opinion, they should be locks to go one, two, three. I don't think anyone should take these spots from them. But um, yeah, so this is basically just my very, very, very early look on the 2022 NBA draft. But I just wanted to familiar got, familiarize you guys with the top names in that draft because you will be hearing a lot about them when the season is over and I can dig some more into them. I'm glad I have my first impressions on record as well because I think I'm going to stand by them for most of the year. I, I, I like all of these guys, so I don't really see how my position can change on them. But, yeah, thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. If you guys like the episode, leave a like, maybe leave a review, share it with your friends. If you think my takes are crazy, if you think I'm wrong about some guys, just let me know. Um, we have an Instagram page where you can tell me all about it. So thank you guys very much. Peace out.